the direction of the inventory as found on page 64, which in my experience in the community wasn't passed down to me that way. So we're here just trying to add a different view on it, yeah? Because where I lived in San Francisco, we were never, it was never presented to me that we were looking at the manifestations of self as something foreign to me, yeah? It was always about me. So I did all this shit, yes? I try to avoid all this shit, and I'm stuck in all this shit. But this message is coming right out of this big book, which is page 64, and it says, being convinced, which means to believe with certainty right now, yeah? Self, this idea of something other than us, yeah? Self manifested in various ways. In other words, it appears or it demonstrates in certain various ways, right? Is what has defeated us. It's a very profound statement because most people think they're white defeated them or getting fired or whatever. But truly, all of those things can be sort of the way you got defeated. But what really, what really has defeated us is this idea of self. Yeah. I don't believe it's implying an ego, that idea of ego, but it's a sense of you, in a way, that's manufactured in the mental activity where the problem resides. You're familiar with the diagnosis, the common diagnosis of the problem is it resides in the mind. Alcoholism. Yeah? We're not talking about the consequential level of drinking and using and then trying to stop drinking and using and dealing with all those consequences. We're trying to get a diagnosis of actually what's happening. Yeah? And what's happening, though you may not see it clearly, part of the disease is you won't see it clearly. Yeah? So you'll be directed and led, but you won't know where you're going or what's actually driving you there, in a way. And you'll keep blaming yourself when you really had no choice. You were compelled or driven somewhere. Yeah? So being convinced self, Manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Simple declaration, are you or are not convinced of it? That's the point. Being convinced, self, manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Okay? If you are, we're going to look at its common manifestations. Yeah? So the word it's doesn't mean us. Yeah? Us is different than it. Yes? Yeah. So... Something has defeated us, and we're not it. So we're the ones who are, have been defeated. We are not the defeatee. We're the defeatee, we're not the defeater. Some foreign agent that has entered our life is now just defeating us through its manifestations in the camouflage by us calling them our manifestations. It's sort of like if Stanley uh, was here, and Stanley was manifesting through Paul, and Paul kept, kept calling the manifestations of Stanley's Paul's, I would be in the act of being identified as Stanley, <laughs> even though my name is Paul, yes? Yeah, so basically what's happening, something is using us to express itself through, and we get le left holding the bag, so to speak. Yeah? And in page 64 of the big book, it clearly delineates you're not that which has defeated you. Yeah? Yet, in many communities, 
That is an emphasize. Many communities, people believe they're doing an inventory on their manifestations, which is not the case. It's self-manifestations. And in that sentence, we are seen as us, which is quite different than self. So self manifested in various ways has defeated us. We're not this, it's not the same, yeah? Self doesn't mean us. It means foreign to us, yeah? So something foreign to us has defeated us through its manifestations. And then it goes, it jumps to the next paragraph, which is resentment, yeah? And then the next one is fear, and the third one is harming other people in the pursuit of what you want. And most people are led to do an inventory and are led to see resentments as theirs, fears as theirs, and acting out and harming other people in the pursuit of getting what you want as theirs, which is a mistake. It says very clearly in the book, they're not yours. They're manifestations of self in your life, yeah? You don't see how far astray you could go with that mistake. You were compelled to do shit that's very similar to what everyone else is compelled to do when under the influence, yet you will think you were the one who did it. And you may be living under guilt and shame for 40 years based on the idea that you were the doer of that shit that happened when you were out there abusing, and in fact you had nothing to do with it. You were just the expression of something else. Yeah. So yet, the head is still mining guilt and shame after 40 fucking years. I bet you're in New York, upstate New York, they have statute of limitations, yeah? Does your head have, have, does your head have statute of limitations? When are you ever left off the hook? You're sensing, you're harvesting guilt and shame about, about shit you didn't have anything fucking to do with, really. 40 years ago. That's slavery. You're enslaved to your past because you're cast up as the doer of it all. You're bound by self. This is the point of recovery, is freedom from the bondage of self. The bondage of self is not a historical event. It's happening now. Yeah? The head is talking to you as you. It's telling you, you feel fucked, and then therefore you believe you feel fucked, and then it leads you to its idea of surrender, which is fuck it, and it leads you to fuck it, and then you're apt to do almost anything when you get to fuck it. And some of those anything usually has something to do with drugs or alcohol, yeah? And then the genie's out of the bottle, and you're going to li live a lot more than three wishes, yeah? And here you have a place like this to deal with what happens when the genie constantly comes out of the bottle. When is there going to be a true shift? Yeah. You have to have a clear idea of the problem to recognize the solutions. You do. It's just like if I had a skin breakout and I assumed it's psoriasis and I bought psoriasis ointment and I got the best psoriasis ointment, and I applied it day in and day out, and maybe it brought me a little relief, but I kept having those rashes, yeah? yeah. And then I kept trying the same fucking psoriasis medicine, and some guy, guy comes over and says, why not you try eczema 
lotion. I put on the eczema lotion and it frees me from the rash. Yeah? I was mistaken. My diagnosis was wrong. I did not have psoriasis. I had eczema. Once I have the clarity of the problem, there's a solution. Yes? Eczema ointment. I get the relief. I don't have to buy tons of fucking ointment. The one tube will probably do. Yes? This is the point. You're in a business of dealing with people who are being misled by a foreign fucking activity in them, yet all the while calling them you, them. They're bonded to what's defeating them. How well is it going to go? If you're bonded to what's defeating you, and you're, you're introduced to recovery, what's going to be introduced to recovery? That which has defeated you. And you'll be defeated in recovery, probably, and you'll go fucking back out. Yes? This is a solution that works. I've been sober 35 years from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. You know the problem from the solution. I've been relieved of the bondage of self, and I can tell you emphatically the problem is the bondage of self. Yeah? Your head is wed to this idea that you're something you're not, and you're living it out. And to me, it's slavery, really. Slavery. And there is a solution. Why not try this one? Yeah? The other ones. Coming in here, this just blows my mind. The Narcan there, the fucking other thing there. I get it. We've surrendered. Then no, it doesn't seem to be a solution, so let's just reduce the harm. Instead of having to get to the hospital and maybe die, we'll have the Narcan here. You see, that's insane. It's fucking insane. You have Narcan here. Is that a solution? It's a solution to the eternal fucking problem. It's not attacking the problem. It's dealing with the effects of it. Yeah, now you have it. People are going to be walking around in their glove compartment. Narcan, nasal spray. I had it in 1980-something. It was quite unusual. I overdosed, and the paramedics brought me back. 1985 or something. Now, you're walking around. People at bars, they have signs in the bathroom Yeah, about the cocaine could be cut with fentanyl. So... Ask the bartender. They have the knocking. Oh, unbelievable. In the bathroom. We've surrendered, basically, to the problem. We've given up on recovery. Because the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body seems hopeless. It does. Because I feel this is why I don't come here, this place, for it. But in AA, the, the, the community I live in, we've been putting this message out for years and years and years, and I will keep putting it out because I don't see great solutions demonstrated. I don't. I feel people are still saddled with the past 40 years. They're still living with guilt and shame based on that they were the doer of shit that they did not do. Yeah. Something come, it's written in our book. You're driven by a hundred forms of something. That doesn't sound like you're the driver. You're driven. It sounds like you're the car. Yeah. 
self-imposed catastrophes. Yes, not your imposed, self-imposed catastrophe. Self has Im imposed a catastrophe, and you claim to be the one who did it. Yeah. If people were really relieved, there would be no point that you wouldn't have to talk about it. But I don't see across-the-board relief. I, don't, I can see it right here. I was in, staying, my friend has a big rehab thing in New Jersey called Milestone. I was sitting outside the cafe and people came out from a treatment of, uh, session and some of these people, you could tell what drug they've been taking. And they were young. They looked like what they did. Usually it was, you could make speed freaks, but now you can tell everyone almost. And they're 24 years old, and it's their 12th fucking rehab. They had a lady come in, 50 rehabs she's been to. She looked like she was 25, but she's got the gold, the gold card of uh, insurance. And I heard her, they were going to bring her in, and she was running the whole show. Mm -hmm. Oh, can I get an Uber? But, but it was unbelievable. In AA, we just throw you into service. We don't tailor the service to fit you, especially if you're completely dominated by the problem. Yeah. So, yes, I'm a... This whole talk for about this topic is based on relief from the problem. Yeah, In all basically conditioned, the problem doesn't exist for me anymore. And it's not a fucking unique phenomenon. If you see what the problem is and tell the truth about the condition, you're bound to have some great relief from it. Yeah? Yeah. So, yes, that's, uh, and so if you want to read Rumi, it's great. Yeah? But I'm just, I don't want to go too deep in it because uh, it's very foreign to the mental logic that that which is talking you, to you could be something other than you. But truly, that is the case. The problem is talking to you as you. The problem resides in the mind. It's in the thought system, and it's in the narration we're listening to all day about you, about life, about this, about that. Yes? That is it. That's the activity of the defeat. You're listening to something that's fucking completely insane. And it's going to lead you to a drink sooner or later. Yeah? With all your knowledge, you'll probably get loaded again. Mm. So that's the difference. Yeah? I'm not going to tell a story of my drug addiction and shit like that. I want to hear a solution. Yeah, I want to be able to walk out of here not just enjoying the, the, the show and the entertainment of a good speaker. I want to have an understanding that's going to carry me the next day and the next day and allow a sense of real relief to occur. Yeah? And you will know the problem from the solution. When you start getting the relief, you'll know why the relief didn't seem to be available. You'll see it clear as day. It will ring true. And now, when you're listening to the head, you will have a, 
a true pause there because you'll be seeing it is not you. Instead of constantly just obeying its consent of the manufacturing of consent and believing this shit is all you doing it. Yeah? Have you ever done cocaine? Have you ever ended up on a rug on all fours looking for cocaine particles? Do you think you chose to do that? Or did the cocaine drive you to do it? Which one? Did you do that? Did you, Friday night at 6, did you, you I, I picture myself on all fours on that rug around 10 or 11. You know, the last fucking thing you would have ever thought you would be doing. But there you are. Yeah? And here's someone completely different thinking, completely differently unique, and they're on the fucking rug also. Yeah? And how, don't you think it's interesting that thousands of us are driven by the same thing called self, and we end up in the three same parking spaces, institution, jails, and death. Yet each and every one of us think we're uniquely different than all the other cars parked in the same fucking lot. Yeah? The bondage of self is terminal uniqueness. It's thinking you're special when you're not. Yes. There is a solution, and I, you know, I know it's necessary to have knock on the, on the wall, but don't you, there's something, there's a message in that. Something's not fucking working. Sort of like, you know, our customers were hurting themselves when the vodka was in glass or they turned the plastic, you know? Uh, oh, thank you, what customer service? It's plastic, now you drop it, it doesn't ruin your night. This is, don't you see there's a sort of a capitulation of that? I just won't stand for it as a recovered alcoholic. This is fucking insane to me. Yeah? Okay, nothing's gonna change, I just better adapt to it. No, that's that that is the disease talking as you, to you. Yeah? It's taken away the hope of being able to be free and now it's just gonna be I'll still be alive, that's it. I won't die. Yeah, so uh, so resentment is not yours. It's a manifestation of self in your life. Stop calling them yours. Do an inventory, not of your resentments, but of resentment. Not of your fears, but of fear. Not of your harms done to others, but of harms done to others. Yeah? And instead of you being the one convicted of all the crimes, you'll see the true culprits. And it is a foreign entity, you want to call it a demonic possession, a foreign entity. We used to like the image of a parasitical movement. But just allow yourself to see it as other, and the possibility of truly being free from it will break. It will. Because you're handcuffed now. You're trying to get out of the problem as the problem. It doesn't work, I'm telling you. It will not work. It's not it's that you can manage. It doesn't work. Self cannot get out of self. So if you're identified as self, that's exactly what you're trying to do every time you shoot dope. You're trying to get out of you as you. And you always fucking wake up and there you are. I would do anything. The alcoholic of my type, I would pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. That's how, where I was driven. Yeah? I would do anything, knowing I was going to go to jail, anything. In 
didn't matter. At that moment, I would do anything to get a, 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 a momentary, quite, quite a momentary relief. That's echoing some fucking depravity, really. I don't see how you can see it as anything else. To be driven to that condition, something's going on in you. Yeah? So, yeah. It's a simple thing. But it could change your life. It could definitely change your life. Your sober or non-sober life, it could definitely change that. And uh, being given the gift of being relieved of the bondage of self is just an amazing. You're just compelled to share. You think I'm interested in doing this, really, on a certain level? No. But the importance of it, I think, is quite profound. Because I want to see people traveling lighter. Just fucking tired of us just adapting to unadaptable conditions. I just think some of these conditions are just not, I don't think the quality of adaptability is really serving us. We're putting up with a lot of shit that we should put our foot down about. You know, having to live without having the ability to have a viable relationship with another person. You want to, you want to just fit yourself around that for the rest of your life? Yeah, I feel what took you over, what took you over, has taken me over. I know the tyranny of what you may be living under if you're fucking still getting loaded. And if you're a real addict or a real alcoholic, I'm with you. I know exactly what it's like living under that tyranny. Pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization as a daily fucking menu. I recognize it in you. If you're not a real alcoholic, great, you know? But if you are and you've lost the ability to have anything, any say in what you're going to do or not do concerning alcohol or drugs, uh, recovery is the ticket. You need to recover from the underlying causes and conditions or that fucking elephant is going to be hovering over you all the time. It is. It's not going to let up. It has no statute of limitations. But if you can at least see the invitation clearly and maybe picture that which has defeated you is not you, I'm telling you, the possibility of being free from it gets born. And it, in my experience, this happened to me one night. I was reading that sentence, like I did a lot, because I used to do these workshops. And uh, I saw the word self, and it used to mean something else to me, as foreign. It meant something completely foreign to what I am. Yeah? So I suddenly, as soon as that was seen, a possibility showed up. And that was, I can be free from it, because I'm not it. Yeah? And then it swept over a large aspect of my life, like in a second, but I went over years. And it showed me I have been trying to be free as self since I've been six or seven years old. Yeah? 
that which I was trying to get out of, I was trying to get out of it as that which I wanted to get out of. Yeah? That's, that doesn't correct itself, that miscalculation. It reinforces itself. And you do more and more to get out of self, and you get less and less relief. When did you ever hit a point of complete satiation and joy with cocaine? <laughs> when did you finally say, oh, cocaine goddess, thank you, you brought me to this leveling enough stage. No, addictions never stop, yeah? Because the problem isn't the cocaine. The problem is the underlying condition. The mental state is ripping you a new one. Yeah. You're sitting here right now, probably telling it's probably telling you right now, who is this motherfucker talking? That's not you that's talking up there. It's not. It doesn't have your best interests at heart. Yeah. I just saw a video, blew my mind. They had a GoPro in like this bus, yeah, like a school bus. And it was sort of above the, the driver, and basically you could see the first row across from the the row behind the driver, right? And there was a young, like, teenage girl in there, and she had a cell phone, yeah? She was obviously looking at something, herself, in a way. And suddenly, the bus had an accident, and it started flipping over. And they slowed it down, and all you could see is this girl, late girl, going flipping in the air, holding the phone, like <laughs> it was the fucking most valuable thing. She's going to each other. She's holding it like this. She's ready to have her body broken to save the fucking phone. That's that one picture is more than worth more than a thousand words. Where was the value? It was shown. Have you ever seen people riding a very nice bike and they start going off the cliff? What do they try to save? The fucking bike. Yeah? Your head doesn't value you. You're just transportation for it. That's all. It needs you to express. Watch it. See it. I see, you ever see someone, a drinker, they start stumbling, but they don't, not one drop falls out of the black. They're like, they don't do anything to save that fucking scotch. Oh, can you explain this to me? Yeah, look at the picture. That's what it is. There's a hierarchy of understanding and value, and you're not high on it. <laughs> and it's probably not going to let you die. I lived in the hate when I first got sober in San Francisco for six years. I saw guys that lived on the street there. 20 years, 25 years later, I'd go there to visit, go to a store, and they're still there. Couldn't kill them. They never get the flu. Their body is so toxic. Not even a germ will come into their body. They've got the greatest you know, health insurance that's so toxic, nothing else will land. They just kept on keeping on. Yeah? The parasite doesn't want to lose the host it has. Yeah, so this is the idea. I go around a lot of places in recovery to try to share this idea. And I'm not wanting you to like it or not, but if you're interested, just do a simple inventory as prescribed on about page 64, I'm sure you've run into some resentments or grievances, so I don't think it's going to be hard. And you probably have anxiety about things that aren't actually happening right now. So you could write that down. 
and do a simple inventory like we do in recovery, four columns, you could share it with everybody, four column inventory, go through it, get to the fourth column and ask yourself what uh, were you selfish or are you selfish, self-seeking, frightened, inconsiderate and dishonest, you yeah. Now, look at that and realize what is selfish and self-centeredness and self-seeking and frightened is self, not you. And some of the manifestations of self is inconsiderate and dishonest. So basically, when you look at your role in things, you're going to see the foreign parasites role in things. And hopefully you'll tell the fucking truth about it, and you'll be relieved of the true disease, which is the bondage of self. At least a day at a time. And maybe you won't need to have Narcan on the wall so close. Which I think is great, but it just blows my mind. It blows my mind. To me, that's sort of like freedom being surrounded by jail cells. You know, it just doesn't seem like freedom to me, you know? If it's so conditional, wow. It's, just, it's like going to a church and they have demonic signs. It's upside down crosses for like fair and balanced, you know? Upside down, that demon, Christ, it's crazy. Yeah, so. <laughs> It's just, this, this trip has got me after rehab the last few days. I feel so, because the person who most needs the solution has the, less, the least amount of interest in it. It's mind-boggling. You probably have such an incredible uh, offering at this place. And what's, what is the biggest in, uh, obstacle you run into? Disinterest, isn't it? The people don't want fucking to be sober. And that's not, it's not even them talking. It's the disease talking. They have no idea. They're living a life pledging allegiance to something foreign that is defeating them. When is it going to start? A simple understanding can be the beginning. If you could just see it in a different light that maybe what has defeated me is actually truly not me, and it's not a you. It's not a, my mother or father, but something almost like a virus that got in that's overgrown. Yeah? And I'm trying to do the best. And how, when did, have you been partying, or has it turned into an occupation? I hit a book. No, I'm just throwing out there. But you know what I mean? At first you were using and you were partying, but then it turned into a job, didn't it? You had to get loaded. I wasn't having fucking fun that much fun anymore. I had to do something to feel like to get out of myself, even if it was for a minute or two. At the expense of my life, I would overdose, not to get Narcan, but shoot coke to get, just to have, even if it was 30 seconds of real freedom from that fucking thing that was driving me crazy. I was willing to lose my life just for those 30 seconds. It doesn't have to be that extreme. You can grow out of this condition because it's not your condition. You can grow out of something that's not you. Yeah? Yeah. This is the point. So... Uh, I can't see anyone anymore. It's still darker. It's great. So, yeah. I like to emphasize this because in all my years in recovery, I didn't hear it. Yeah. And I, 
feel like it's so sorely needed, to tell you the truth. And it doesn't just apply to addicts or alcoholic. The mental state is addictive, yeah? And the real addiction is to the idea of being a self. That's the addiction. And how you get recovered from that is loss of interest in it. And you cannot do that as self. You cannot lose interest in self as self. It's just more interest. So if you see self as not you, you're going to lose interest in it. And that interest reclaimed from that dead preoccupation will enrich your day, or in this case, enrich, enrich your night. Yes? And you may just be walking around shortly with a contentment and satisfaction instead of a gnawing discomfort and irritability and restlessness. Yeah? And you're going to see things completely different, not based on those things changing, but you changing. Yeah? And it's turned into a, uh, the basis of traveling lighter through this life. doesn't mean everything's going to go great, but you're going to travel lighter with whatever life has in store for you. I've had a pretty long track record, and I can tell you it's true. So that's the message there. And then I'm going to jump into another message. So that's recovery somewhat, yeah? Profoundly important if you're suffering from, from this thing. And uh, I, now, in a chronological way, what recovery allowed me to arrive at is another idea called non-duality. I like this, I can switch, it would be cool. You know, as I was running a two-wheel bike, now I'm on a unicycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even see the jump. That's cool. So non-duality, have you heard, it, heard that? No, it's an interesting idea. Uh, you never heard non-Buddhism, have you? Or non-Catholicism, non-Judaism, no. It's an unusual title, non-duality, because most things they're hoping you to affirm something, not to negate something. But all the affirming has been reinforcing something that has not been that healthy for us. So there was a solution to that problem, and that was non-duality. So the idea was to combat the minefield everyone was running into by trying to affirm their true nature as a place to arrive at while being the true nature they wanted to arrive at. Yeah? So all the wanting to arrive at it was reinforcing a denial of being it. So non-duality is here to negate that misunderstanding. And now you are what you're looking for. The seeker is the sought. Yeah? Being ourselves reality, the greatest mystery is reality ourselves wanting to attain reality. Yeah? Now, obviously, it would be completely absurd reality wanting to attain reality, yes? But it makes a lot of sense when we think reality is Paul wanting to attain reality. Even though we think we're Paul and we believe in Paul's fucked upness and everything else, it doesn't change the fact that we are reality. So no matter what I do as Paul, I'm not going to attain reality as Paul, because I am reality already. This is what catches us. So we're very, very easily willing to become something, but we don't recognize what we are being now. 
because the head is keep telling us a story about being this chronological, long-lasting, independent, separate thing, yes? Separate from everyone else, private thoughts, private feelings, private actions, yeah? which is baloney. But, and you can see the example of that in recovery. You go to meetings for months and you hear people share their thoughts, their feelings, and their reactions to life. And they sure sound like your thoughts, your feelings, and your reactions to life. And they do. And then either you go, how did these fuckers get my thoughts? Or you realize they're not your thoughts. And hallelujah, one step towards seven. It's seeing they're not your thoughts. <laughs> and then you'll see them as not, you're not the thinker of them. This is another beautiful it's like parachuting and having the parachute open like five times. You parachute out of that fucking mental airplane and then things open up. First you see these are alcohol thoughts, then you realize, really, I'm not the thinker of any of the thoughts. And now you start feeling what? Relief. Yeah? Now your wanting to get relief gets diminished because you're relieved. Yeah? You're, you're looking for relief usually ends because you're relieved. Yes? You're trying to have relief and not lose it and manage and control, you see as completely pointless, and you let it be where it is at all times, which is right where you are. Yeah? That's a and so our true nature is seemingly unsuspected to our false nature. Yeah? And the false nature can't arrive at the true nature because it's false. So it's not an affirmation. The, the false doesn't keep chanting, I'm that, I'm that, I'm that. It's a negation of the false. You don't work, you don't do much work at all. You just negate the need of all the work that the false needs to try to find the true. You're relieved of it. Yeah? And so new, new non-duality is the most illuminating invitation I've ever run into after I got struck so most illuminating it's led to having arrived at the last answer I have no need for a new answer concerning spirit and uh, it's just full on reliable yeah because you are it yeah it's brought about a huge ease and comfort that I couldn't 50 Thai massages couldn't produce just the whole system has relaxed and chilled out. Yeah? Because I've been I have been convinced you can't look for what you already are. Yeah? If you if you look at that which is looking and see it as not you, you'll find out what you are by negating what you're not. That's the message. That's the direction. And that direction is seamless. It doesn't make a left turn or definitely not a U-turn. It just goes the negating way, yeah? So whatever arises is not you. What's seeing what arises is you. So in this case, what we're calling the spiritual condition would be the act of being aware, yeah? It's not so much what you're aware of, but the, it's the awareness of all the things. So all the things may look different. They may have different length of time or sizes, but that which is aware of it is so the awareness is more like a field that allows a lot of things to appear and come through and disappear, but the awareness doesn't. It's so here you don't recognize it. 
It's sort of like people who are be at the effect of gravity all day. They don't really recognize it. They think it's the hill that was steep or the stairs that were too high. Yes, but it's gravity. You're feeling the effects of gravity trying to move against it. Yeah. Now, you can study all you want about gravity, but the greatest knowledge about gravity is through the, the absence of gravity. Go into an anti-gravity chamber and you'll know all about gravity by its relief. Yes? Simple. So this is the same type of message. Yeah? Entertain these ideas. It's going to lead you to a recognition. I'm not that. And in that recognition, there's what you are. You're that which is seeing what you're not. Yeah? And it may be the final punctuation, like a period that doesn't have anything else following. Ding! Yeah. You're convinced. And there you go. Yeah? A lot of shit dries up, and a lot of the water that was sent here and there, it returns to the original spring. Yeah? And now you're fed. And you can be of service. Why? Because you're present. That's your nature. What does present mean? Available, yeah? This water is present in this room. It's available to someone, yeah? Present leads to availability. Present and availability is being of service. If you're present and you're available, you're going to be of service, yes? And present and available is not a chore or a condition you arrive at, it's your nature. Your nature, the awareness of, isn't contrasted in time. There's always awareness. There's a lot of things that come through time that come and go, but the awareness doesn't, yes? So our inherent nature is our inherent nature. It's not interrupted, it doesn't stop, doesn't need to be breathed into, doesn't need exercising, it just is. And you are seeing all these thoughts that would somehow have been given the power to defeat you. You're seeing that from that unblemished condition of awareness or spirit, let's say. No tattoo you've ever gotten here is going to leave a mark on what you are. And that starts to influence the way you travel through this world. And you travel lighter. And if you're not up the ass of self, trying to look for the divine proctologist number. If you're actually here, you'll be feeling a lot different and you'll be available to be of help to other people. Yeah? And what better way than to be an example of something that you can only maybe think about, but an example of the relief that this invitation offers. Yeah? And there's a lot of examples in this room now. What sees your crazy thoughts? Do you see them? It's an awareness, yeah? It's the basis we all share. Do you go to seeing classes? Do you, you know, are you sweating because you've seen too much today? Or your, your fucking ear is full, you've heard too many notes? No, of course not. Consciousness, an unformed something, is in contact here through these five gates smelling, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. The five gates do not define what's moving through. 
there's not a certain, just a, a, a finite quantity of consciousness. If there was 8 billion fucking sentient things, there would be 8 billion flows of consciousness. Consciousness is not a quantity. It's not like you get 12 in a dozen, yes? Yeah? Do you, do you believe that which is looking through your eyes is efforting or having thought to do it? Or does it seem natural? When you wake up in the morning, don't you feel it actually on the other side of the eyelid? Then you open up and then the whole world appears? Yeah? What is that but you? The you that's masquerading in the head comes way after the conscious contact. You are made up. You didn't even have a you when you were a baby. You grew into this idea. And now the you is emphasized much, much more than the conscious contact. So we're basically in unconscious contact all the time. Yeah? And where does it lead to? It leads to situations we're in. Rampant addiction. The mental state. Now the, now the screens are like Narcissus mobile pool on. People are just looking at their image all fucking day. It's an ideation of a mental picture of you as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It's not going to end well. You're not going to be a 30-year star on TikTok or whatever fucking thing your video gets uploaded. There's a, there's a fucking cost to pay with this ideation. The thoughts are going to have an incredible amount of effect on you. A thought that you have held as yours can probably ruin your day. It wouldn't ruin mine because I see it as your thought. But that same thought happening here and held as mine could ruin me my day. It's not the thought. It's you as the thinker. You are giving everything all the meaning it has all day. And the power that we truly are is incomprehensible to this little myopic mental state. It has no fucking idea what's going on. You are giving everything, everything, all the meaning it has. That's fucking incredible. Yeah. So, this is a weird thing. Huh? You didn't expect this, did you? Did you, did you expect something like this? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, yeah, I was curious. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're gonna do a professor of harm reduction. <laughs> no, I believe there's a real solution. I do. I do. And uh, you know, we adapt to so much shit. Sometimes you gotta stop adapting. Yeah, you can't. You just can't keep making that elephant in the room comfortable. You're just getting squeezed into a little corner. It's just way too much. And there is a solution. If it was a hopeless state of mind and body, I'd be shooting up tonight. But it isn't. It was a seemingly hopeless. It was appearing to me. And what was producing that appearance to me? It was self. Self was producing an appearance to me that it was a hopeless state of mind and body. So it made sense to just to get loaded no matter what. But all the while, it was a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Its, its condition was completely dependent on my condition. Yeah. 
what seemingly means, one definition is, it appears to be true or false to you. You're the arbiter of its reality. Uh, that's it, I guess. Want to talk more of whatever, non-duality? It's so difficult. Uh, we're not trying to explain or make you understand. You've already, the spiritual subpoena has been served. You're going to get it already. Yeah? I've seen it served. You don't know when it's being served. Just, you can slap with a subpoena. Yeah, a spiritual one. You're going to go to the court of the, of the spirit, and all your fucking sins are going to be null and void. Yeah? Yeah. You won't have to return to the mental court, where you've already convicted, aren't you? In your head, aren't you convicted already? You must have done something you shouldn't have done. That's unforgivable. You can't even apply for probation. You know you're going to lose. You feel like you deserve it. Yeah, I'm really happy. This was a, 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 a kamikaze tap. <laughs> uh, you didn't even invite yourself. You were here. Sorry. Sometimes. But uh, any question about it? I have just a yeah. little comment. Paul. Uh, I can't remember where, it, where this was picked up, but I heard it quick well recently that... Consciousness never appeared in the world, that the world appears in consciousness. Yeah, yeah. And from a certain perspective, it seems like the world is so big and so real, and that we're just these little things in it, when in fact the opposite is true. The consciousness, that's that's the thing that's massive. The thing that's the inside, that's, I mean, yes. I mean, this goes back, yeah. Anyway. Well, that uh, feeling of, that's what happens a lot, because it's, in other words, you have something pointing this way, and you can't entertain that it could point any other way. And then suddenly the mind flips it, and then you see a possibility that the old habitual way of seeing doesn't afford. So something happens, and then instead of seeing this is happening in here, you say here is happening in this. Yes? It's that extreme. And now you're on to something. Because now what you're fed is different information than you're getting from... Uh, K-Paul, it's like a propaganda channel. You're starting to hear some real news, like I'm fucked. There's a, one, a good one in recovery. When you finally admit, suddenly you're fucked. Yeah? That's incredible. That was the moment I got sober. was the admittance to the innermost self. By life, not by me. I just witnessed the fucking thing. You're fucked. And it was so obviously true. The whole denial system collapsed. Yeah. And a chance, a possibility showed up, and the next day I was at an AA meeting. The only reason why I went was I had to say yes or I couldn't stay at this person's house. So it was a deal I made, and I've been going ever since for 35 years or more now. Pretty good, eh? Mm -hmm. All I was looking for was, and I had to sleep in the lady's closet, because her roommate didn't like me at the condo. So she had to sneak me in, and I had to sleep in a 5'10 closet, and I'm 6'2". That was my first night of sobriety. But I woke up, and that radioactive fucking isotope had been removed. And I haven't had ever, in 
35 years, a strong feeling or thought about drinking or using. It's fucking a miracle. But that miracle would have died on the vine unless I was introduced to a way of life, which was recovery. Yeah, because I fall under the category of a real addict and an alcoholic, and I can't tell you if you're not, or if you are, you will. Yeah, have you lost the ability to have any say in anything after that first drink, or after that first shot, or after that first turf? If you did, are, you're in the category of a real addict and an alcoholic. And they found the hard way that there's not going to be any human power that's going to be able to correct that long enough. Yeah? That there's going to, you'll have to search for a solution, not here, so to speak. And they found that they had found it in the idea of a higher power. And they realized something could do for them what they couldn't do for themselves, nor could their mother or their estate or whoever wanted you to be sober. Nothing was working, yet suddenly you get whacked and you're sober for the rest of your life up to this point. Yeah? I do not see my hands involved in that. I see a fucking divine hand and the movement of it, pushing me on the back for 35 years. Probably the most intimate feeling and relationship I have, and I never see it. But it's probably the most intimate relation I've had, had in my previous life, is that feeling of that which has moved me and freed me from this bondage of self. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, Christine. So, I'm not quite sure how you said that. You said you recognized the, the solution when you saw the problem. How did you phrase that? Well, I, I know the problem from the solution. No, no the you have the solution, and then you now see the problem. Yes. Right. Yes. So, but since the solution is experiential, can it actually be taught? The solution isn't experiential. The effects of the solution will express it experiential, but the right. solution is truly about a being condition, either being something you're not or being that which you are. So it influences experience, but it's not an experience. And can that be taught? I think what can be taught is what you're not. I can. I think you can teach people what has defeated them, and they'll have an intimacy with that, and they'll see some kind of connection. I don't you think you can door, teach what and, you are. And make no. a bend around the first corner. But I believe... That's the boys' bathroom, at least. <laughs> That's the way you go. Yeah? See, how can you describe the indescribable? Like sometimes right. when people talk about that mystery, they say it's indescribable, incomprehensible, unknown, unknowable. Then why the hell are you trying to know it and describe it and uh, understand it? Just turn that to what can be understood. And that which has defeated you can be understood. It's a mental act activity. You can understand it. You can see it. You can experience it. Not as it, but you can experience it. You can see its activity. Yeah. So you can know it, you can understand it, you've been experiencing it for quite a while. So by sharing that, there's usually an intimacy in, this, in the being underneath that tyranny, talking to someone who's underneath that tyranny, there's a connection. So when what it's like to live under that tyranny is expressed, they can feel it in their own way because they've been living under that same fucking tyranny. So I feel 
by knowing what you're not leads to the finding out of what you are. That's my well, that's the path I've been on for years, forever. Yeah. So I can describe the mental activity because I'm aware of it. Yeah. The awareness is not after the mental activity, it's before the mental activity. Being ideated or addicted to the mental activity, you don't emphasize the awareness. You go right to the mental activity. So there's an awareness of mental activity, but you're not seemingly aware of it. Yes? So you're out for lunch, basically. And you have to pray of the mental activity where the problem resides, and the problem talks to you as you and convinces you of a lot of shit that's false evidence. Yeah? And you make decisions based on false evidence that sort of trains the circumstances that bring you misfortune you feel you don't deserve and you want to get loaded. There you go. So the parasite sends you out to get its food, which is drinking and using. Yeah? It likes excitement and drama. It likes all that shit. Yeah? You ever hear of a thing called candida? It's a fungus that lives in the body. Yeah? And this fungus, like everything, every other living thing, its main drive is reproduction. Yes? Now, the candida, it needs to, it likes sugary, flowery things. That's its fuel. Yes? It's a fungus that grows on sugar and flour, like entomins, bakery shit. Yeah? Now, it can't go out and shop, and since it's in your gut or somewhere, but it wants to get this shit. So it jacks into the head and tells you, you'd really like to have an Entenmann's fucking pastry. <laughs> and its whole takeover and driving you is camouflaged by the self-centeredness. You think you're the Entenmann lover. You love Entenmann pastries, yet actually you're just uh, transportation to get the food for the candida. And if you don't believe that, look at cordyceps mushrooms. Cordyceps mushrooms are very trippy. They actually have a show on HBO based on cordyceps mushrooms. Cordyceps mushrooms are a species of mushrooms that, again, they drive us to reproduce. Their system of reproducing is pretty, pretty weak. They're like an umbrella with spores, and they got to hope some animal hits it or the wind blows the right way. So they overrode that that disability, and they've learned they, they, the spores land on ants, and the spore burrows into the ant, it jacks into the ant brain, and it tells the ant where the spore wants to go. And the ant goes to a dank, dark place that's hospitable to the mushroom, and then the mushroom kills the ant, and then a big mushroom grows right out of its head. Yeah. Happening all over nature. Guess what? It's happening in addicts and alcoholics. The parasite you can't see, you can't take a CAT scan, but it is a parasitical movement. Something takes us over and drives us where it wants to go. So if you meet one alcoholic and an addict, you pretty much have met every alcoholic and addict. Because they're demonstrating limited traits based on one fucking thing called self. So yeah, there's thousands of me. I know who they are when I see them. I can, for, I can tell the fortune of their whole life without hearing any of their biological history. All I need to know is that they're an active alcoholic, untreated, 
you're fucked. Yeah? This is what's going to happen, and it usually does. And I know, I'm a perfect fortune teller. I can see it right from a million miles away. Because I've lived under it. I've seen thousands of people thinking they're uniquely different going down the same fucking tubes. I spent two years in a program. The greatest part of the program, that program never saw me as Paul. They saw me as a fucking junkie. And by treating me as a junkie, I did great. If they would have treated me as Paul, I'd still probably be a junkie. Yeah. But they knew exactly what I was at that moment. I was a fucking junkie, and they treated me as such, and I got relief for two fucking years. Unfortunately, I had to stay there the rest of my life if I wanted to stay sober, and I didn't want to live in an institution. Yeah, I wanted to be able to free range, yes? And this is what the program of recovery is doing. I can be free without having to have walls and a fucking pen to keep me in. Yeah, so... Yep, I think that's it, eh? Any more questions? Yes, no? I'm just enjoying our company. Because we've had it such a nice place over the years. Yeah, Michael and Nina. Very nice to see Jacob and Nina finally. Love this lady from Queens. Any person to come see me in Hudson Valley from Queens, <laughs> my hat's off to you. Yes. I honor that curiosity that's in me. I do. I honor it with great esteem. Yeah? You can't think your way out of the problems when the problem resides in the mind. It's not going to work. You need to throw a wrench in the mental works. You do. You've got to have it, because you're going in one direction trying to change everything you see. You'll change everything you see by going in a new direction. Yeah? Self-centeredness got to get off that horse. It's just going to keep riding into the same fucking sunset. Yeah? You'll feel it. It doesn't make sense. Seems to go over your head. Gets you confused. The fucking message is working. Yeah? It's like having a juggler and you throw an extra ball and it throws off the whole fucking thing. Yeah? You just throw another ball in there and watch what happens. Yeah? The system collapses for a second and there you are. When the system that you call you stops, there's still you there, isn't it? Yes. That should be a pretty good sign. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, that's it, I think. Yes, is that enough funny? Was it worth coming from Queens? Yes. Today? Yeah. Well, I have one more comment. All right. Uh, I think it's important to emphasize as well that not only is addiction not... Uh, not an uncommon occurrence, it's, it's the same everywhere, but also the problem not, in, not existing for us is also a common occurrence. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's felt here, it's felt there. Bonnie was just telling me today about Leonard Cohen going to Bombay, and having had suicidal ideations all his life, arriving in Bombay, and all of a sudden the problem not existing you know, for us. I mean, I, I heard about that from you, from yeah. your, from so, so yes, yeah, so I looked him up. And then the stuff that came up about Leonard Cohen was... Yeah, I met Leonard Cohen there. Oh, he did? Oh. At Ramesh. He was oh. there every day. Oh. Was, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. he said that um, after years of, you know, just being depressed a lot... One, one second. You remember Leonard, Leonard Cohen? Very famous musician. He's passed away. Right. But he got involved in this message. 
over in India, I saw him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't know, and he said, uh, I mean, I just found Yeah, he came out of the depression. Yeah, he yeah. came out of it, he said, like, after years, like, it just, it was a cloud, Because he had tried a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. He was then person, but finally, that was the last house on the block. Yeah, I saw him. I was there a couple of weeks, and he was there every day. So I was telling Jacob, like, so I, I was watching Bautzica, like, there was some of his, uh, some of the stuff is on YouTube, but, you know, he's like, he's very, like, familiar to me, and uh, he's like, he's grouchy, like, it's not my dad. Familiar, like, you know, grouchy old ending guy. <laughs> and you're also kind of, you know, familiar to me for some reason, yeah. and, you know, it's just uh, nice to hear this from, for whatever reason, right? Yes, it's, just, it's what for every reason, <laughs> yes, definitely, yeah, yeah. When I saw Ramesh, well, I don't want to, I'll say it to you later, but yeah. Yeah, it has different flavors. Some people like one flavor, and that, therefore, uh, more taste is going to be revealed because of your interest in it, yes? Because it's all on us, really. Yeah, so you can have it any way you want. So if you find one way that works, just let it work. It stays or it doesn't, you don't know when to move. But yeah, same thing with me. I went to some people, I didn't really like them that much. So, and in others I really, there was a guy I really liked because he was funny concerning non-duality in his second language, which I thought was an incredible feat. Because it's sort of difficult to be funny around non-duality. Most people are serious and very, to be able to put in a lot of humor, I, I thought it was amazing for someone's second language. You know, I'm used to English, but this person was doing it. It was good. I, so I enjoyed the satsangs there, and I was more open to it because uh, where his head went, you know? I liked it. Yeah. So you find whatever works for you. And I'm happy for me that it's, this is working for you. Because that way, you you have brought into this life. Do you know who I mean? Hmm? Oh, Ramesh? No, who is referring to who is funny and speaking in his name? Oh, I assume it was Ramesh. That's a good He's come through, gone through a lot. And, uh, you know, he's bright. And Alex, I've known for a long time, but never seen her that much. And Christian is one of my first, well, he's my oldest sponsee now. <laughs> We've been working with for how many years? 30 years? 30 years this year? 30 years. <laughs> and so, and a great friendship, and I love seeing him. He's come here to help me drive at night. Because <laughs> it's dangerous. Yes. Michael Z, he's just a, he's just a great person. He's a, an epitome of service. Really. And uh, all these things. I've been, all this was brought about by just this curiosity. And the beautiful thing is when curiosity actually meets something worthy of the curiosity, which to me is the message of non-duality. Even when I was first hearing it, it felt so novel. It would stop my head because of how it was said. And it was, what? I had never gone that way. But I was, I had the four-wheel drive to do it. It was just never became a possibility. And it was released by reading it. And then my head could go. You know, it had all this traction, everything. It just needed like the, the one little, hey, this could happen, and then people just went. Yeah. So, yeah. I went to see Balsica at '85. It was, uh, I was moved by a book, Who Cares? I liked the title a lot. <laughs> Who Cares? And that moved me enough to fly to Bombay by myself and just uh, 
And I thought I'd throw in seeing Ramana Maharshi's where he was born, which was great. So I went to Bombay, went to see Ramana's place, went back to Bombay. And then, yeah. But the guy I really liked there was a guy, Murti. And he took, he was a, he was a, a, a bookie. So he took me to the Indian horse track in Bombay. It was a trip. And he took me to Nizagadada's house. And I met Nizagadada's family and I sat in the room and they had satsang. And he took me to the little hole in the wall where Nizagadada sold uh, cigarettes. It was very beautiful, beautiful thing. We spent a couple of days together. He had written a book too. I thought Murdy was very super political. Yeah. So, I, I grew up there. I'm in India, but I didn't hear of any of these people um, until, like, you know, the last few months. I ended up in India. Yeah. Well, what I, well, yeah. to me, this is a very dishonoring message. And I feel uh, the head is has an addictive quality. And so whatever it gets introduced to, it can use it as a vehicle to express addiction. And you can see it in spiritual seeking. It can, the seeking is used to reinforce the idea of being a seeker. Yeah, and this is the dilemma. You want to realize the seeker is the sort. You're not going to do that by looking. Yeah, if you're busy looking, you're obviously not seeing that you're the sort, obviously. The sort, if you're the sort, the looking is going to take a tailspin quickly, usually, because why would I be looking if I'm at the sort? Yeah, yeah? And this is the little trick of mind that happens, because we're used to moving through time, and this solution is not of time. You already are what you're looking for. So any looking for it is putting up a distance and a, and, a, and a time distance, yeah? That's why in Zen they say, you know, the, the moving of an eyelid could make, make 10,000 miles, you know? It's just that simple. So the movement to look is of time, and what you are looking for is timeless, so it hides in plain sight. So when you stop, it seems to become miraculously available. It doesn't seem to be available when you're th trying to constantly move towards it. It seems not to be there, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. If it was there, the seeking would end then. You would have found the sword. Yeah. But this, the seeking isn't going to end because you are the sword. So the seeking will come. You may quiet for a while, but you're going to start it again because you're still believing you're not the sort. That's what's compelling the seeking. But the message is, is the seeker is the sort. Yeah? And that's the fact. So what happens to the seeker as the sort, seeking diminishes greatly. Yeah? So if you're not busy looking for it, you'll be busy living it. And maybe instead of looking to be content, you will be looking from contentment. And instead of trying to get satisfied, You'll be satisfied, yeah? And you'll see a lot of your drives are just basically driven by a lack of satisfaction and contentment. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't want to do that much if you were you're content and satisfied, would you? You wouldn't. You'd just be enjoying content and satisfied, you know, going to a 
wherever we were tonight, El Salvador restaurant, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So, any more? And you know what? I'd like to leave a book for you guys, and you, or you can just leave it here. We did a book about recovery based on this premise, yeah? I'm going to leave it around, and some maybe some poor, uh, unsuspected character will pick it up and get something out of it. So, yeah. Leave two, bro. Leave another one. We're in the refined company of James Patterson. James Patterson, yeah. Paul Hemden. Actually, that would probably they'd see it quicker if I put it in between James Patterson. Let's put one in between all those James Patterson. Make the mistake. What the fuck is this? Where's the killer? <laughs> You've been presumed dead. Now you're alive. Yeah, that's it. It's like slipping a Mickey. the books I would give every um, every under arrest book away if I believed one alcoholic would be. I would. I would put them everywhere. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. You I haven't read it, but it's yeah. <laughs> 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 an assignment. Mm -hmm. yeah, check it out. It's a nice book. It's all about this theme. And I think we emphasize, I don't know where if you'd find yourself in the importance of maybe relaying uh, information about the fourth step, which is the working, the inventory and recovery. But if you are, maybe you can share a different flavor than They've, they've probably been hearing, and I think it can go a long way. The difference between a resentment and my resentment is you. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. Resentments usually will come and go pretty quick after all. My resentment can, you know, last for 50 years. Mm -hmm. yeah, so we're just, we're just questioning the effect of my, and then living and traveling lighter through resentments and fears and harms done to others, instead of the heaviness of trying to avoid and deny my resentments, my fears, and my arms. Yeah, which is a complete occupation. So, just a simple word, my, if it drops, your life is going to get a lot lighter. For sure. So, hey, I'm happy. Can we end? Yeah. So, Thank you, Paul. Thank you. And for the video, one hand clapping. Turn into pure recovery. Very true. Want to stop streaming and.